Appreciate a great sound man. I want to invite those who are being baptized today to come on up. And um, we just want you to see who they are, and we're going to give them their certificates in faith that they're going to be baptized after we do this. Um, why don't we just have you come down here on the steps? And unfortunately, Paige Matsuda was going to be uh, baptized today, but she got sick. So we're bummed, but we will schedule her for another time. And let's see. Where's uh, is Ken, Pastor Ken? Pastor Ken in the house? And those that he's baptizing, he's, he's left us. Oh, he's in the baptistry already? <laughs> and he may be with those already, yes, that he's baptizing. Well, you'll see them when they, when they come out. Um, but we have Tanner and Jaden Aronson, who I'll be baptizing today, who uh, it's going to be an honor to be, baptize them. Tanner studied with the youth pastor. With, they came from the Victorville Church, and he had studied, gotten ready for baptism, and then moved out here and so forth. So I've had the joy of being able to coach him in football for a couple years, and uh, it's, been, it's been fun to just come alongside of him. And his brother Jaden also, who is always around and active and uh, is an artist. Okay, so gifted with art and so forth. It's going to be an honor to baptize both of you today. And you studied with Pastor Isaac at the school. Pastor Isaac goes to school and works with fifth graders and sixth graders, has baptismal classes for all those who are interested and so forth. So appreciate the work that he's done there. Pastor Isaac, why don't you introduce us to the ones you're baptizing. And yeah. also Mike Hansen. Is he already back there? I'm guessing so. All right. Is this working? Yeah. All right. So Rachel and I have been studying together for the last year and a half or so, along with Isabel White. And Rachel and Isabel really wanted to get baptized on the same day together. And so we've been waiting. And so we're happy that today is their day where they will, will publicly share that they're following Jesus. And Rachel is being baptized by her grandpa. And I, I'm thinking he's backstage already. And then I'll be baptizing Isabel White this morning. So, do we have a motion to accept uh, these incredible young people into our church family? In a second? All in favor say hallelujah. And you can go on back when you're ready and get ready. Mike, uh, Mike Hansen. Uh, who has pastored for years in this conference um, and is now retired, but he and his wife, Sharon, are members of our congregation here, and he's going to be baptizing uh, Rachel. Uh, he and Ken, I tell you, are great men of faith because they went up before I started preaching. And uh, the water's pretty warm. It makes it pretty hot up there. So maybe I'll just let them bake a little bit. We'll just kind of see. But I'm going to try to go a little shorter than I did in first service by the grace of God. Uh, we'll see. But it is Easter weekend, so I apologize if, if I go more than 10 minutes, but I'm going to try, try not to. You don't mind staying a little bit longer, Easter, Sabbath? Even if you do, just say we don't mind. And Thank you so much. Uh, we have food that will be ready for you. You don't have to go anywhere. You just walk across the courtyard, and we're having lasagna today. So we are providing. God has given us manna, Italian manna from the skies. And you're going to be well taken care of, well fed. You'll be ready for that Sabbath afternoon nap after the high dose of carbohydrates. All right? Good Adventist meal. Pasta and cheese, right? You're going to be, you're going to be set. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we started a trilogy on the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. Where Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He said, go get the donkey. We are going now. The time is now. 
The king is here, and he rode in as the king, the servant king, as Isaiah describes him. Last week, we looked at the table of the king, and we had communion together. And we rejoiced that that Christ, through his life, as he was teaching his disciples, said, I'm giving you my life. This bread is my body, and this, this wine is my blood given to you. This is the new covenant that I'm committed to you. I'm committed to seeing you through. Take, eat. Take, drink. This is my body, my blood given for you. And today, being Easter weekend, Easter Sabbath, we look at the resurrected king. As we think about what took place thousands of years ago on Friday, what we call Good Friday, we think about what Jesus went through. We think of the, the politics that he went through. We think about the abuse he took, the beating, the whipping, the spear to the side, the spitting, the mockery, the accusations, the crown of thorns, the cross. We are humbled for what he did for us. That he took on, let's remember this, he took on the sins of the world. He took on everything that evil and wickedness and sin could throw at God and he beat it. He beat it. When he was on the cross that Friday and he said those words, it is finished. Church, when Jesus says something's finished, it's finished. When Jesus says he'd finished the work he'd come to do that his father had told him to do and he said it is finished, it was done. It's not like when I tell my wife it's finished and she goes out in the garage and it still looks like there's a lot left to do. Been here almost five years and I still haven't gotten through the garage completely. But church, when Jesus says your guilt and your sins are forgiven and it is finished, it is finished. You can know that you're forgiven. You can know that you are made right with God. You can know that it's finished. But the great news about Easter weekend is, yes, the cross and that Jesus said it's finished. The rest of the great news is that Jesus didn't stop at dying for our sins. He beat the grave. He came out of the tomb. He didn't just come back to life. He came back to new, new creation life. Which you see, the, the ultimate fruit of sin, you remember the wages of sin is what? death. So when sin runs its course, there's death. Jesus conquered death, which means he whipped sin and evil. And he came back as new creation, which this means, church, this this, this is hard for us to wrap our minds around. But the Bible tells us because Jesus is resurrected, we are resurrected. Let's look at a passage just quickly here in Colossians chapter 3, the first four verses. And I hope we can really take this to heart today. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Who was raised with Christ? You, me, us. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. Who died? You died. I died. 
See, we talk about Jesus being raised from the dead. We talk about Jesus dying, and he did. But the great thing about the Christian faith is that whatever Jesus did, we did. That's called grace. We don't have salvation because we worked hard and we finally stripped out a lot of sin in our life. We have salvation because Jesus died and rose again. And his death is now our death. His resurrection is now our resurrection. That's why these young people are getting baptized today. We are buried in the death of Christ and we are raised new in the resurrection of Christ. That's what it's symbolic of. That's why when I talked to some of these kids, I said, just remember, baptism is not because you are now ready to be baptized. Baptism is because of what he's done in your life. And you are accepting what he's done in your life. It, it saddens my heart when people wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until they are ready. If what Jesus did is enough, let's do it. Yeah. What he did is enough. And we can go on through life. We get baptized sometimes when we're young and we go on through life and go, oh, I know so much more now. I should have waited until I got baptized. If you're growing as a disciple of Jesus, shouldn't you be learning more as you grow? You're born again and you grow and you mature. We give our life to Jesus because of what he did. And so we set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life, I love this part, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, remember Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So church, not only has Jesus died and rose again, you've died and rose again because you're in Christ. And that's what Easter is all about. It's hard to fathom that on Monday morning when you feel dead <laughs> and you're trying to get ramped up for the week. But that's how we walk by faith. We don't walk by feeling, right? So when you feel like death on Monday morning and thinking about having to go through the whole week, you have to say, I'm risen in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm gonna walk by faith in that statement today, not by feeling. Every day when you walk forward, you keep saying, I am resurrected in Christ. I'm a new creation. Just as Jesus was raised as a new creation. I am a new <laughs> creation. We've gotta stop We've got to stop allowing ourselves to, to do what this song talks about. This song is called You Are More, and I just want to read you the chorus. It's a great song by a group called 10th Avenue North. It says, you are more than the choices that you've made. You're more than the sum of your past mistakes. You're more than the problems you create. You've been remade. Because this is not about what you've done, but what's been done for you. This is not about where you've been, but where your brokenness brings you to. Man. We've been remade. We are a new creation. I love, I uh, was talking to my daughter a while ago, a while back, and we were talking about communion and processing that. And she had just made a little error in what she said, but it was so profound. She said, yes. And you know, it goes, do this in what? Remembrance of me. And she said, do this in abundance of me. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Isn't that what Jesus says? Live this life in abundance of me, of my life given to you. My death died for you. My resurrection for you. And the great news is, church, is that the same God, Jesus, who said it is finished on the cross, someday, when he gets us all the way through the end of the story to when all things are made new and all creation is made new, 
He's going to say something very similar. He's going to say, not it is finished, but what? It is done. It is done. And just that we have confidence in what Jesus did for us on the cross when he said it is finished and he rose again and he gives us new life, we can have the same confidence that no matter what this life brings, we as new creation can have faith that the God who went to the cross and rose again is going to see us through to the end and proclaim as we sit around the table with him, it is done. It is done. God is good. And all the time, it's good. into so much trouble. They will reach into the pantry to that box of chocolates or into the cookie jar. In my hand to my mouth, in my hand to my mouth, and then I hate myself. It's like, I love to cook, and yet I find myself so often making things that aren't healthy for me. Sure, they taste great, but I get this sense that I'm slowly killing myself. My friends say, you're so lucky, you don't gain any weight, you can eat anything you want. But God keeps convicting me that that's not the way he wants me to treat my body. I wish I had the willpower to protect myself from these hands. They're so lazy. I mean, I don't intend to be that way, but I I always plan to do work. And sometimes, you know, I end up at the computer playing some video game. It's not like I don't know there's work I should be doing. I mean, well, I know the lawn needs mowing and the garage is a mess, and there's that paper I really dread doing. But what do I do to fix this? I go back to the computer, back into some virtual world. In those worlds, I can push my nagging conscience aside. In those worlds, I'm powerful and in control. But the longer I put things off, the sicker it makes me feel. I just wish I had the power to control my real life with these hands. I remember the first time they touched the skin of my newborn baby daughter. She was so precious and innocent, I had prayed for a child, and every moment spent with her seemed like a gift. But as the days passed and the nights grew so long, I began to get incredibly tired. Parenting was way harder than I had expected it to be. Sometimes I would get so frustrated with her, I wanted to scream. I remember a day she came up to me and asked me to read her a story. I was making dinner at the time, so I told her I'd do it later. But then she started whining and pulling on my leg. I got so frustrated, I turned, and I pushed her away. With these hands, did something I'm really ashamed of. I was taking a history test on Friday. I studied, I really did, I I just couldn't remember. So I looked over at Josh's paper. He's so smart, he gets A's without even trying, it's just not fair. I took my pencil and I copied what he had. I know it was wrong. What if I get caught? I'm gonna get into so much trouble with these hands. These hands have led me to places I never should have gone. They've flipped through magazines I never should have read. And now 
I can't seem to keep these fingers from typing in the same web addresses. I don't want anyone to know. I mean, I'm a good person. Really, I'm, I'm a good person. It's just this one thing. How did I get here? How can I erase all this from my mind? How can I control these? These hands have written things I never thought I would write. So mean, I didn't know I could say such things. First it was email, then Facebook, and now I'm texting this stuff. It's, it's like I forget that when I say these things, there's an actual person reading it. I wish it wasn't even in my heart. I've hurt so many people. I wonder if people at my school just see me as a liar and a gossip. Is it possible to change my reputation and what I write with these, these hands? There's a lot of life represented here. A lot of memories and, well, a lot of wrinkles too. Uh, I guess it's partly from all the hours I spent cleaning, scrubbing floors to help put my kids through Christian school. Hard work, but it was worth it. I remember using these hands to bake communion bread for church, and I remember the joy I felt in serving the Lord. But now, what good are they? People look right through us, old folk, as if we're invisible. It's like we're not even there. Oh, somebody younger who can run circles around me has taken over at church. My arthritis is so bad, it hurts to knit anymore, do the things I used to enjoy. I feel so useless. I want to find something helpful to do with these. These hands have worked so hard. I'd find myself leaving my house earlier and earlier, and I'd end up staying at the office longer and longer. I knew I needed to be with my family. My wife would call me, and I would make up some excuse to stay at the office. Eventually, I started ignoring her calls. It's just that I knew if I worked a little harder, we could finally get enough ahead. We could finally have enough money. But it was never enough. No wonder she left me. If I could just do things over, you know, like pressing the undo button on my computer, will I ever be able to make things right again with these? These hands. I get so angry sometimes I just want to punch someone. I mean, or at least something. It's like, one minute, I'm perfectly fine, and the next, I'm totally out of control. It's like the littlest thing can set me off. My dad asked me to do something I don't want to do, and I'm putting another hole in the door. Someone bumps into me, or some guy talks to my girlfriend, and I find myself pinning them up against the wall. What's wrong with me? Why can't I control these hands? These hands are sometimes not as compassionate as I wish. Just last week, I was on my way into Walmart when a woman approached me. She had some story about running out of gas and having to get her two kids to Arizona where her parents lived. I knew she was making up the story that I denied her any help and walked away. But what if she was telling the truth? Jesus says, if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Jesus attaches no conditions to his every command to help the poor. Oh, how I wish I had done differently with these hands. These hands? These hands were nailed to a cross for you. For your every sin, these hands bled. 
for every unkind word, every twisted thought, and every wrong act. These hands can bring healing. These hands can bring forgiveness. These hands can bring victory over everything that enslaves you. In these hands, you can have life, freedom, and a friendship with the God who created you. You see, I carried your sorrows. I was pierced because of your sin, and then I rose from the grave to save you. Because of my wounds, you are healed. Because of my power, you are free. Call on me. Follow me. Take hold of these hands. It's a great day when we witness people making a decision for the Lord. Amen? And an honor it is today for me to be able to baptize Tanner in his decision to follow Jesus, to accept him as his Lord and Savior, and to say, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to, I want to follow him. And um, it's been fun to just get to know him over the last couple years and to watch him grow and to graduate eighth grade this year. He's going to be a freshman next year. And um, so, Tanner, it's an honor to be able to baptize you today. I'm going to ask you to turn this way, and I'm just going to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask those who are here today as friends and family that would just like to stand in support of Tanner today and the decision he's making that you do so during this time. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you have saved us. You are making us new creation. We thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit that has moved upon Tanner to make this decision today. We thank you for your influence through family, through friends, through school and church. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would pour out your spirit upon him. Lavishly pour out your grace, Lord, that he be a mighty disciple of yours for your kingdom here on earth. And because of his decision for you, we now baptize him in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We got the baptistry paparazzi up here. Jaden, come on down. <laughs> Jaden is Tanner's brother, sixth grade, and uh, you see him around all the time. Every sporting event I'm at, he's there supporting his brothers, friends, hanging out, and an artist as well. One of the things I love about Jaden is he loves color, lots of color, and he always has bright colors. And, uh, but he has made this decision for Jesus today, and uh, I'm excited for him. Jane, I'm going to ask you to turn and face and grab my arm there. And uh, let's pray for Jaden. Dear Jesus, once again, we give thanks for the work of your Holy Spirit in Jaden's life. We thank you that he has responded to your call to know him personally and to receive your salvation. And so as we prayed for his brother, Lord, may they in a sense be sons of thunder for your kingdom here on earth. May they just pour out your grace in the lives of those they walk and talk with, go to school with, and work with, and enjoy in the church and school. 
We thank you also for the work of your spirit through friends, family, church, and school. And so because he has accepted you as Lord and Savior, I now baptize him in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's especially fitting that uh, this wonderful event should take place on this very date. Uh, because it was April the 19th, a few years ago, that Rachel came home to the Langford family for the first time. Today, of course, will mark the beginning of her official experience with her new family with the greater Calamesa family. I'm a little emotional. <laughs> but it's only because it's a, it's a wonderful honor to be not only present at your grandchild's baptism, but to be able to participate in it as well. So Rachel, I'm so glad for what God has been doing in your life. I have watched you grow and mature. You have faced tremendous challenges, not only within your own life and family, but just the very fact that you're growing up and you have such good friends and such good schoolmates and such good teachers and a great church family. This is a wonderful place to be at this time in your life. Let me pray. Gracious and loving Father, I pray that you'd pour out your blessing, especially on Rachel this day. I pray that you would baptize her with a double portion of your spirit in the power and precious name of Jesus. Father, we invite now the family members and friends and schoolmates who consider themselves good friends of Rachel to stand as we baptize her. So it is Rachel, my dear Rachel, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. privilege to be here this morning with Isabel White, and I know that Izzy has lots of family and friends here today to support her. So she would love to see you guys, if you wouldn't mind just standing up for a second. 
God. <laughs> Thank you. You may be seated. Izzy has chosen as her baptismal verse, uh, a verse that is special for many of us. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she wanted me to, to share with you a, a few thoughts of, of her journey. I decided to make my commitment to Jesus through baptism last year during my baptismal classes with Pastor Isaac. I had so much fun learning more about Jesus and his love for me. I am so thankful that my mom and dad have showed me Jesus' love and support me as I grow spiritually. And um, that's what we're grateful for. Parents and a church family that we can all be a part of as we journey with God every day. And Izzy, if you want to turn this way, because you love Jesus, it's my pleasure to baptize you. And so let's pray. Dear Jesus, on this Easter weekend where we celebrate new life that you have given us, we are so grateful for the way that you have worked through Izzy's life. And because Izzy has chosen to follow you and walk with you all of the days of her life, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to introduce you to Ashlyn. Ashlyn's been coming to our church actually for quite some time now, a couple of years almost, maybe a year, at least a little over a year. Ashlyn lives here in our community. Uh, a few years ago, a friend of hers was baptized in another church and she began thinking about baptism actually at that point. And uh, through a, a whole series of stories that we won't get into now, she began attending church here, has been involved in Sabbath school and uh, Pathfinders. And just this last couple of months, right after this last Pathfinder Sabbath, where the theme actually was following Jesus, we began to have this conversation about following Jesus in baptism. And Ashlyn's been on that, on that road for a while now, and uh, we're excited to be able to share that with her this morning. And so Ashlyn, I'll let you hang on right there. Because of the love of God that you've realized for you and your desire to follow him in baptism, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brittany, who many of you know as well. I met Brittany for the first time when I was helping with a senior Bible class at Mesa Grande a year or so ago. And have to tell you that I was impressed uh, out of the class of students I had with someone who not only took the material that we were looking at seriously, but thought carefully and thoughtfully about what we were doing. And who even beyond that, 
represented not only someone who knew the material, but someone who actually lived a lot of the material. A kind and responsive heart, and a person who I've enjoyed getting to know over this last year or so. And she's here this morning because she would like to express her desire as well to publicly state that she's following Jesus in baptism. And what a great weekend to do this on, an Easter weekend. Because of what we celebrate this weekend, the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have a chance to enact this again. That powerful statement that no one can take away from us, that uh, death has no hold on us and we have a new life in Christ. And in Jesus' baptism, there was also a powerful statement that was made, which you were also following an example of this morning. That when Jesus came out of the water, he heard the voice of the Father saying, this is my child, who I am proud of. I am well pleased. And that voice cannot be changed either. And it's in response to that voice this morning that uh, you're being baptized. And so, Brittany, it is my privilege to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there are those of you who have been listening to the same voice that speaks with the same power and same assurance. We'd just like to invite you to be part of that conversation as well. We'd be happy to talk with you about making that same kind of decision if you haven't done so already. Thank you. sing one of the great songs of the church. I know you've gotten comfortable, you kind of settled in, but let's stand and sing this proclamation before we go and celebrate a great Sabbath lunch together and celebrating his death and resurrection.
for his grace yeah. he's given to us as we go when we go rejoicing that it is finished and he is leading us to the point when it is done enjoy being a new creation in christ god bless you yeah.